G'day guys, Luke McElroy from Mets Performance Consulting. Welcome back to another episode of the VCE PE podcast. Today I just want to briefly talk about conservation of angular momentum. Still seems to be one of the topics that students and teachers seem to struggle with uh, in terms of how angular momentum can re remain the same uh, despite an increase in our angular velocity. So uh, what's important is, is first, how do we actually generate momentum? Whether we're speaking linear or angular, we need to apply an impulse. All right, Impulse is essentially just, as we know, force, but the application of force over time. An impulse won't magically change the mass of something. If we think about talking about linear momentum first, like a tennis ball, it's not going to change the mass of the tennis ball. All it's going to do is increase or decrease the velocity of that ball. So if you apply force to the ball, it gets faster, or you apply force when you catch the ball, and it gets slower. So that's the change in momentum that you see with impulse. Uh, it's the same with angular momentum, but obviously we just need to apply that impulse away from the axis, and that's going to create that twisting uh, and that angular momentum. Now, I think where people really struggle is that uh, moment of inertia can change. It can increase and decrease. And when it, if moment, moment of inertia increases, angular velocity will decrease for the same angular momentum. It's not the, the same isn't true for linear stuff, though. If you think about a cricket ball, you can't change the mass of that cricket ball. Um, what, so if it does get faster, if it increases the velocity, it must have more momentum overall, which it does. But that's where I think really understanding the term moment of inertia can really help students and teachers understand this concept. So... Moment of inertia, whenever you hear moment, it means distance from the axis. And inertia is directly related to your mass. The more mass you have, the more inertia you have. Try to push a sumo wrestler versus us, obviously the sumo wrestler has more inertia. They're more resistance to change. And the equation for moment of inertia, which students don't need to know, um, but is useful to know, is mass times radius squared. So you can't change your mass, but you can change how far away your mass is from the axis. So if we take, say, spinning as the example, the, the, the example we use in our biomechanics labs is spinning on a frictionless turntable. So think about like an ice skater doing a spin, that, that type of movement. And the axis is the turntable or the foot which is on the turntable. Okay, So you think you're just standing perfectly upright on this turntable before, say, an ice skater does a spin, the axis is straight down your midline from the middle of your forehead all the way down to your feet because you're standing in a straight line. So if you keep everything close to that axis, you have a low moment of inertia. So this would be like crossing your arms onto your shoulders, for example. But then if you take your arms out in like a T-like position um, and you move your legs out away from that axis, then you're increasing your moment of inertia, not because you're changing your mass, but because you're increasing how far it is from the axis, the radius. So it's mass times radius squared. So you can easily change your moment of inertia just by adjusting your mass close to or further away from the axis. And when you increase the radius, that's a higher moment of inertia, so bringing your arms out, you're going to get a decrease in your angular velocity. And then when you bring your arms in, so you decrease your moment of inertia, you're then going to increase your angular velocity, but still with no change in overall angular momentum. And as I said, I think people struggle because you see a tennis ball, well, if it gets faster, it has more momentum. Well, of course it does, but you can't change the mass in the mass times velocity example. But when you talk angular, you can change moment of inertia. You can adjust the radius, how far that mass is from the axis. When you increase it, the angular velocity goes down. And when you, in and when you decrease it, angular velocity will go up but for no change in angular momentum 
the, the questions that you're going to get on the exam or the SAC are going to be airborne examples when there's an absence of, of external forces. So if you think about diving, you leave the platform, you're in the air. You cannot produce any more force. There's nothing to push off. And if you can't produce force, you can't apply an impulse. And if you can't apply an impulse, you can't change momentum. So the only thing that can slow you down once you're in the air is external forces. But if you use diving as the example... Well, you're spinning. So there's going to be negligible air resistance. And VCAR will say there's no air resistance in an airborne example. So no no air resistance to slow you down. There's no friction to slow you down because you're not touching a surface. And then gravity is not going to stop you spinning around an axis. It's just going to stop. It's just going to affect you going up and down. So in diving as the example, there is no external forces slowing you down. So your angular momentum has to be the same until you hit the water. But we can increase and decrease angular velocity simply by changing moment of inertia. You tuck into your center of gravity because your center of gravity is going to be the axis in diving. So you bring everything close. So you tuck, you decrease your moment of inertia because your mass is close to the axis, increases your angular velocity. And then at the end of the activity or the end of the dive, you want to slow down your angular velocity. You simply untuck. You bring your mass or your radius of your mass further away from the axis. So you increase your moment of inertia, which decreases your angular velocity so that you can enter the water but there's still no change in angular momentum overall. So I think the key for conservation of angular momentum questions, they're going to be airborne examples in the absence of external forces. And we know an object, Newton's first law, an object will remain in a constant state of motion unless acted upon by an unbalanced or a net or an external force. But if you can't produce force yourself because you're in the air, then all that can happen is external forces acting on you. But in the diving example, no air resistance, no friction, gravity doesn't matter then you have to have the same angular momentum to act upon by an external force, which is the water. Or in, in the frictionless turntable, such as like spinning around as an ice skater, we're saying there's no friction because the turntable doesn't have it. Gravity is not going to affect your spinning. And again, we say there's negligible air resistance, so we don't worry about that in a conservation question. So I think the, the key messages for students is that if you can't apply a force, you can't change your momentum. So if you're in the air, your angular momentum has to be conserved. But... You can change your moment of inertia and the opposite will happen to your angular velocity. If you increase moment of inertia, you'll decrease angular velocity. Or if you decrease moment of inertia, you'll increase angular velocity, but there's no overall change to angular momentum. So remember, mass times radius squared. Can't change your mass, but you can change how far your mass is distributed from the axis. The further away it is, the higher your moment of inertia and therefore the lower your angular velocity.